Hey guys, you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. I am so humbled by your time and your attention. Man, it would mean the world to me if right now, if you texted one of your friends with a link to this podcast and you were just like, hey, check this guy out, give this guy a listen, you know, I think fitness, finance, faith, you know, it might help you out. Help me spread the message, help me spread the word. Man, it would be phenomenal. Cubed podcast. Jim Schultz here. We are back and it is a Wednesday here in the beautiful city of Chicago. It's beautiful about three weeks out of the year and today happens to be one of those days. So I'm in pretty high spirits, man, and I hope you guys are too, wherever you might be. I, uh, as always, I appreciate you guys checking me out today. Today, I want to do a fitness only talk. I want to do a fitness only episode. And I actually got this idea from one of the questions that came in last night during our Tuesday night Facebook live event where Autumn and I take 30 minutes and we answer questions. We offer up our own thoughts. We throw out our own questions in all things fitness, finance, and faith related. That's every Tuesday night at 8.15. Usually goes to about 8.45 on the F cubed Facebook page. So you guys can check that out if you haven't done so already. But got a question last night where Chris asked, Hey, what do you think about drop sets? And, you know, in answering his question, you know, I said like, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. They're this, they're that, you know, but you gotta be careful. They do a lot of muscle damage. You've got to be aware of like, you know, fatigue management and recovery and those kind of things. You know, in answering his question, though, as I continued to offer up a response, I said, you know, it's a tool, man. I mean, it's a tool in your toolbox. And so when the F, when the Facebook event was over last night, I thought, you know, that's a pretty good idea for a podcast. And so here you go. There you have it. We have today's podcast, your training toolbox. And the basic idea is this. No matter what your goals are in the gym, right? No matter what you're actually training for, whether it be performance, whether it be aesthetics, whether it be muscle gain or fat loss or just overall health, it doesn't really matter. These universal principles are still going to apply. You're going to have certain things in your program that they are the hammer in your toolbox, right? They are the thing or things that you use all the time. They are the tools that you find yourself consistently grabbing for. They are the ideas or the sequences or the movements that you really heavily lean on for you to, you know, most effectively and efficiently reach your goals. So for example, when I think about my own training, you know, my my goal is very very specific. It is very, very focused. You know, I put a I put a post up on Instagram recently where I said, your goals should be so specific that you can summarize them in one sentence. And that was not my own idea. I got that from uh, from a guy, man. His name is John something. And uh, I got it from a podcast I was listening to from a guy by the name of Ross Edgley, who this guy is a total total monster like he does all kinds of crazy stuff like running triathlons with like 
trees attached to him. Like, he's crazy. So he actually pulled this quote from John something or other. So if you find Ross Edgley, you'll find the source of this guy and his quote. But he said, your goals should be so specific that you can summarize them in one sentence. And I said, man, that is like, there's so much power in that. Well, anyway, well, my goal when it comes to fitness is very simple. I want to turn pro on the natural bodybuilding stage next year, 2019, period, end of goal. And so what I'm doing is I am training, I am positioning everything to support that goal. And so like when I'm in the gym, right, obviously my, my, you know, secondary goals or my sub goals underneath that main goal are to gain as much muscle as I can to, you know, keep fat gain at a minimum or lose as much fat as I can, depending on where I'm at, you know, in the, in the given cycle. And so my training tools are going to be used to support those objectives, And so when I think about those objectives and I keep those in mind, you know, some of my hammers or, you know, the hammers within my program are things like the main primary movements like squats, like bench press and like deadlifts. Now, I haven't deadlifted in almost a year because of my hamstring injury, but I'm about to return to the platform here in probably the next four to six weeks and I am super fired up about it. But I choose those exercises because you can get the most bang for your buck from a strength, you know, improvement standpoint, from a muscle fiber activation. They just cover such a broad swath of your body that I feel like, you know, as core pillars of my program, they just make a lot of sense. And that's why a lot of my athletes that I'm working with, I have them do, you know, similar things because you're going to get so much bang for your buck utilizing these main movements that it's really hard to ignore. I really think that they make a lot of sense as a hammer in a lot of people's training toolboxes. But then as you branch out from there, the specific things that you do over and above, you know, like squats, deadlifts, or bench presses, that's where you start getting into, you know, more of a fine-tuning thing, more of like, hey, you know, this is my Allen wrench or this is my socket wrench, or I'm not a handyman at all. Autumn should really be doing this podcast because she fixes all the things around the house. I literally have almost no idea what's going on. And so that being said, I can still get by with, you know, an Allen wrench here, a socket wrench there, you know, a Phillips screwdriver, you know, there. I mean, these things are a lot more specific. Now, a Phillips screwdriver you can use for a lot of things. Even I know that. But there are certain things, you guys know what I'm talking about. You, you, you handy men and women around the world that are listening to this podcast, you know, you guys probably have much better examples than I do. And so definitely hit me up uh, on social media or email or whatever. Let me know what I left out. And so I get a lot of feedback from you guys after the podcast. It's kind of cool. Uh, and so I appreciate that as always. But those kind of things, you know, that's where things are going to get a lot more specific. That's where things are going to get a lot more dialed in. So like, for example, when you're in the gym, you know, kind of getting to Chris's comment or his question last night, you know, there are certain high intensity techniques that we refer to, you know, in the world of training or, you know, in the world of bodybuilding or powerlifting or whatever. It's probably more a bodybuilding term than it is a powerlifting term because we use these high intensity techniques to try to stimulate more muscle growth, to try to tax our systems 
in a greater way to try to push the envelope to try to take things to the edge and you know those kind of things and so drop sets where you do a set and then before you you know rest you pick up a lighter weight and continue on with that one set to get more reps in to get more volume in to push that envelope to find that edge you know that's what a drop set is a rest pause set would be another example of a high intensity technique where you know let's say you're bench pressing you know 225 and let's say you can only do like six or eight you know maybe you do a set of six and that's pretty much you know failure that's pretty much a 10 rpe maybe you put the bar on the rack for 15 or 20 seconds so you rest but in a very shortened nature and then you squeeze out another one or two reps or whatever you can do that would be a rest pause technique that's another example of a high intensity technique and so those are two uh, you know pretty pretty classic examples of high intensity techniques another one would be a cluster set where you kind of do you know like instead of doing like a set of eight maybe you do like sets of three where you're only you know normally you rest 90 seconds or two minutes between sets maybe you only rest like 20 or 30 seconds between your triples and you try to stimulate more muscle growth that way by kind of you know ramping up the volume and adding to your workload all of these things are tools in the toolbox but they're not hammers they're not things that you should be utilizing all the time at least not in my view and not in my experience and i would actually classify training to failure as another one of these tools that is more of an allen wrench than it is a hammer you want to utilize these things but you want to be strategic with how you apply them and you want to use them more sparingly and the main reason why and this is what i think a lot of people don't pay enough attention to and i kind of am now at this stage in my training career because hey man i'm 37 right and i've got more nicks i've got more dings i've got injuries i've got this i've got that and thankfully thankfully they haven't been too numerous to keep me on the shelf you know in any major way my neck injury a couple years ago was pretty major but that's the only one that i've really had to battle with in a huge huge major way so thankfully, and I thank God alone for this, you know, the last, you know, the first 17 years of my training career have been pretty good. I would like the next 17 years to be pretty good. And so to do that, I've got to approach things differently. I'm not invincible. I don't have, you know, the invincibility of my 20s. I don't have, you know, the superhero status of my early 30s. I mean, I'm in my mid, you know, late 30s even now, which is a little... It's a little uh, tough to hear, honestly, to say out loud. I mean, it's been floating around in my head the last couple of weeks since I turned 37. But, uh, yeah, to have to openly admit that to the world, that's that's not super fun. But that's the truth. And so you want to be aware of the fatigue that you're putting on your body. And so I've said this before, not a whole lot, but I'm going to start saying it a lot more often because I think it's so important. I think the number one limiting factor that is keeping you from where you are right now to where you want to be. And I don't care what your goal is, man. I don't care if it's fat loss. I don't care if it's muscle gain. I don't care if it's overall health. I think now the number one goal or the number one obstacle that is keeping you from where you are now to where you want to be, it's not drive. It's not passion. It's not commitment. It's not dedication. All those things are very, very important. And they may be close seconds to what I'm about to say. I think the number one thing that is keeping you from where you want to be is injury. It is the potential for injury. It is the realization of injury. 
Because what happens when you get injured? What happens when you get injured is you don't train anymore. What happens when you get injured is you don't train as hard as you could. What happens when you get injured is you're not into your workouts like you could be. All of these things are consequences of getting injured. Well, what is one of the things that leads to injuries? It's not utilizing your toolbox correctly and not understanding that certain things have a time and a place, right? Squats, bench, deadlift, that's a hammer. Training heavy, that's a hammer. You know, staying mostly between the 6 and 12 rep range with most of my work, given my goals, that's a hammer. But training to failure, that's an Allen wrench. Drop sets, that's an Allen wrench. Cluster sets, that's an Allen wrench. You know, um, one rep maxes, that's an Allen wrench. Right? And so, you know, there are certain universal principles that can apply to everybody here. But my hammer and your hammer may not look exactly the same. My Allen wrench and your Allen wrench may not look exactly the same. But there's going to be a common denominator that I think we could all benefit from, like training to failure being one of them. Right? You don't, training to failure should not be a hammer in anyone's toolbox, in my experience. Right? You should not be taking all of your sets to failure. It should not be something that you do all the time. I think you will get injured. It's only a matter of time. You just you can only cheat death so many times before finally you wake up one morning and the Grim Reaper is staring you right in the face. And you're like, oh man, Jim was right. I should have listened to the random guy on the internet. But that being said, you know, there are certain things that might be a hammer for me and an ale wrench for you. Like, for example, training heavy. I like to train heavy, heavy to moderate. That's just my preferred training style. But actually, if you start to you know match volume and start to match intensity, you could probably stimulate the same results from a muscle growth standpoint and aesthetic standpoint training lighter. So if you prefer to train lighter, then there's nothing wrong with that at all. And that may be your hammer. And training heavy might be an Allen wrench for you. Whereas training light is an Allen wrench for me. So, you know, there's a few different ways you could slice and dice this, but I hope this gave you guys some things to think about, and I've got a huge truck passing by me, so hopefully you guys can still hear me, but hopefully this gave you guys some things to think about, you know, some things that you can begin to apply to your own training, and just, you know, think about your toolbox, think about the hammers, think about the Allen wrenches, and uh, yeah, man, just think about fatigue management, so, so, so important. And uh, I think that's it, man. I think we're going to wrap this guy up. We're going to move on with one of the super nice days here in Chicago. And I will see you guys on the next podcast. You're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. But have you checked out the YouTube channel yet? Man, go to LiveFCubed. That's the F-Cubed website, Live F-Cubed. And in the upper right-hand corner, you can find a link right to the YouTube channel. I don't have enough clout. I don't have enough prestige yet to have you know my own YouTube URL that is recognizable. It's just a bunch of letters and consonants that nobody's going to remember. I don't even know it myself, so I'm certainly not going to give you that. But go to Live F-Cubed, click on the YouTube link, check out the videos, subscribe. Got a lot of stuff coming out in video form, so definitely give that a look.